Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and today we are in Revelation 14, verses 1 to 5, the Lamb's 144,000. This is a tricky one, tricky passage. There's some mysteries with this one, some things we just don't fully understand, but we will someday. And But we're going to give it our best shot today. So chapter 14 starts out with some much-needed encouragement. We just did chapter 13, the Antichrist, the false prophet, the mark of the beast. Yeesh. So we uh, get to this part. Chapter 14 is really a commercial break, showing us that it's all going to be worth it at the end. This first five verses showing us it's all going to be worth it if we can just persevere through the tribulation for those who are here. We don't know. We've been through all that. All right. So anyway, today, what happens to us if we don't take the mark and we're killed we're going to see what happens to us where we end up good place also we're going to see what happens to those who do take the mark the 666 we're going to talk about that next time so put on your seatbelts for the next uh, sermon in the series all right let's pray first father we just thank you for your word and just pray that your holy spirit would help us to understand the best we can what you've revealed to us and pray that this would encourage us to persevere, not just through the Great Tribulation, but life's tribulations. Whatever we're going through, it would encourage us to persevere. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's read the first five verses. Then I looked, chapter 14, Then I looked, and there before me was a lamb standing on Mount Zion, with, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was that of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as firstfruits to God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. Okay, so, <clears throat> well, first of all, it starts off easy. Then I looked and there before me was a Lamb. Easy, right? That's Jesus. We already know that part. Then it says, uh, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 with his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Foreheads, okay. So Mount Zion and the 144,000, very likely referred to in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12. If I'm squinting my eyes, you all know about that. Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. Uh, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So we see here a, probably a, a fulfillment of this here. 144,000. 144,000. Are these the same as the super evangelists we saw back in chapter 7? Well, depends who you listen to and who you read. Uh, that You listen to one point. Yeah, that's a good point. Another one, oh, that's definitely... A, but I, I don't think it's the same group. Some think it is the same 144,000. Others think it's 144,000 
believers who are the first fruits from the rapture or from being martyred on earth, that's probably a better uh, understanding of this that we'll talk about. These are the first fruits of, of the spiritual harvest of the earth. All right. But we're not quite sure who they are, but we know who they aren't. They're not the Jehovah Witnesses, 144,000. Sorry, guys. Uh, that's not you. So they had that name of Jesus and the Father on their foreheads. Now we just saw 666, remember? We just saw the, the, the mark of the beast, Antichrist number. They have to, everybody's gonna, on the earth is gonna have to get 666, the Antichrist number, or else be martyred or persecuted or hunted down and won't be able to buy or sell. We saw that. It's gonna be horrible for, for us who won't put that number on. But we see that these 144,000 have the mark of Jesus and the mark of the Father on their forehead. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you automatically receive a mark. That's right. Not the 666, but 777. Uh, we don't know what it is, but we know it's the mark of Jesus. It's the mark of the Father. We know that Ephesians 4.30, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You receive a mark of Jesus Christ on your forehead that he can see. The angels can see it. Someday we're going to be able to see it. All right? Do you have that mark? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Has there ever been a time where you said, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I repent of that sin. I believe he died for my sin. I put my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. I put my faith in him for my forgiveness and to give me a brand new life. Just like he had a new life coming out of that grave, I ask for that brand new life in Jesus Christ. The moment you do that, you receive the mark. Do you have that mark? That mark is your only protection. Your only protection here on earth and for all of eternity. That mark, do you have that mark? Have you been sealed by the Holy Spirit? I hope you make sure of that today. We're going to pray in just a few moments. So when we end this here, we're going to pray and give you a chance to do that. So then we go to verses 2 and 3. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who have been redeemed from the earth. Now remember, this is the middle of the tribulation, so very likely these are probably martyrs. These are probably martyrs. They're with God now, and they're protected by God now. They don't have to be hunted on by the Antichrist on the earth anymore. And we get a glimpse there in heaven. Now we get a glimpse. This is the first fruit. There are going to be many, many believers coming to heaven, but this is it talks about being the first fruit. We're going to see that in just a few moments. This is the first fruit of those who are coming out of the tribulation, coming up to heaven, going to be with Jesus. And, and the first fruit, the 144 and we get a glimpse of heaven here. It's loud. It's loud water. If you've ever been to Niagara Falls, I grew up near Niagara Falls. Been there many times. Get on the maid of the mist, the boat, and you're right, right up to the base of the falls. It is loud. It's wet too. You've got to wear raincoats, but we never did. We just got wet. It was fun. But anyway, uh, but it was so loud and scary. And when you first go on that boat right up to that water, people get scared. They're not going to stop, but, but we, they've always stopped. Uh, but it is loud. And that's what it's going to be like in heaven. It's going to be loud. It's going to be the sound of water. It's going to be the sound of thunder, loud thunder. And there's going to be loud worship. They said there's going to be the sound of harps. Harps are 
guitars, turn the harp sideways, you got a guitar. The guitars, sorry, gonna be guitars, not organs. But anyway, uh, I'm having fun with, uh, with some folks. But anyway, you're gonna be these guitars, but don't worry if you don't like loud worship or if you don't like loud guitars, you're gonna, or loud noises, you're gonna have a brand new body and brand new ears and you're gonna be able to enjoy it and you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Even the guitars. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and they sang a new song that only 140, the 144,000 could learn. Uh, a new song reminds us of Psalm 96, verse 1 and 4. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. For God is great and greatly to be praised. Going back to the choruses. God is great and greatly to be praised. Yay, yay, yay. Sing unto the Lord. It just keeps on going. But I love that song. It's been running through my head all morning because I was thinking about it for this. Uh, but, I, I, but I love it. I let it run through my head all week. It's, it's a great song. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. It's, it's praising, talking about praising God for something He's done in our life. And these 144,000 were the only ones who could learn this new song because they had been delivered from the great tribulation. Only they had experienced it. They, they could sing it in a way that only they could really appreciate it. It reminds me of Memorial Day coming up uh, pretty soon. Uh, the end of this month. Memorial Day coming up and remembering the soldiers who fought. And I remember growing up, there's lots of soldiers from World War II and Korea. And, and you know, I talked to them, I'd say, what was it like? You know, I watched the war movie on TV and wish I could have been there fighting with my machine guns, my, my toy machine guns. Everybody had them at my, when we were kids. And I, what was it like? And they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to talk about it. They, they, they were like, they didn't want to, they didn't, only they could appreciate. Talk to another soldier, they'll talk. But they don't want to talk to some dumb kid thinking it was fun shooting people, right? They they were they were getting shot at. They they just could talk to another soldier because only a couple soldiers talking could really appreciate what they had been through. And that's the picture here with this song. Only they could appreciate what the, the hell on earth that they had gone through to reach heaven. To reach heaven. And only they could appreciate it. But each of us has our own tribulations in life, don't we? Only, each of us has something that only we can understand what God's grace has brought us through. Each of us has that. Each of us has our own special song, our own special song of, of deliverance and praise for what God has delivered us from and what He's done for us. He's delivered us all in different ways. We can only appreciate that. And I, I love to hear other people's testimonies. We have lots of testimonies all the time in church. I love it. But, but I, I gotta say, it's what we've gone through personally that we feel even the deepest. We feel the deepest. That we can fully appreciate what God has done in our life. Each of us has been delivered in some way by God from sin and strongholds in our marriages, with our families, with battles, with sickness and even facing death. So many things that we've gone through. What is your song? What is your song? What has, what has God delivered you from? How is His mercy and grace working in your life? In your life? How, how is that happening? How is, what, what is your new song? So, then we come, 
we see the description of the 144,000 in verses 4 and 5. And there's five things here we're going to see. Verse 4, These are they who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. They followed the Lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as first fruits to God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. So, first of all, the first thing that we see with the 144,000 is they were not defiled with women. Not defiled with women. See? Girls really do have cooties. <laughs> Once again, uh, we're not quite sure exactly what this means because women are elevated in the Bible. And uh, the Bible never demeans marriage itself. In fact, in Hebrews 13, 4, it says, Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually impure. So it, it elevates marriage and, and, and says only thing that's, that is defiling is any, any sexual relationship outside of a husband-wife relationship. Any sexual activity outside of that relationship is what is, will be judged by God. So it's probably not that they were married. It could mean that, they, it could mean they're virgins, but, but the Bible doesn't elevate virginity in that way anywhere. Uh, some religious groups do, but it's not in the Bible. All right. But First Samuel 21 gives us a clue of what it may be. In First Samuel 21, verses verses four and five, where it says, "But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women." David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us as usual. Whenever I set out, the men's things are holy even on a mission that even on missions that are not holy, how much more today? So showing how um that when there's a special mission that David took his men out on, they were required not to have sexual relations at that time. Why sexual relations? It's not the women that are defiled. Why? It's because we see the full clue here in Leviticus, in Leviticus 15, verse 16, where it says, <clears throat> Leviticus 15, verse 16, where it says, <clears throat> When a man has an emission of semen, he must bathe his whole body with water and he will be unclean till evening. Any clothing or leather that has semen on it must be washed with water and it, must be, and it will be unclean until evening. When a man lies with a woman and there is an emission of semen, and both must bathe with water and they will be unclean till evening. So it's not the woman, it's the man. It's the man's emission of semen that creates an uncleanliness. It's, it's not the woman, but the emission. That's the issue. And the 144,000 here were on a mission from God. While on earth, during the tribulation, they were, they were on a mission for God. And, and they had to be consecrated. Just like David, they had to be consecrated for the mission at hand, the task at hand during the tribulation. And they had done that. They had stayed pure. And it also very likely refers to not just that, but also talking about not being defiled with idolatry and the, and the cultic prostitution that came with idolatry. Say, oh, it's not in here anymore. Huh, really? <laughs> That's all there is. There's, pornography is idolatry. The, the sexual promiscuity is idolatry. It's all idolatry from homosexual to heterosexual to everything else, premarital sex to, it's all idolatry. But, but the idea is that with, with idolatry, there was cultic prostitution, just like with sexual idolatry today. They just sell our bodies and, 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 and buy sexual sin in so many different ways, right? So uh, that's also very likely they stayed sexually pure 
during the time of the tribulation, during the time that they were being hunted and persecuted, very, very likely. So not share uh, completely again, but the main point is they were undefiled. They were undefiled. They were pure. Then it says the second thing is that they followed the lamb. They followed the lamb. Usually the lamb follows us. Mary had a little lamb. Uh, we followed her wherever she went. I had a lamb. I remember I'd go in the house and follow me right into the house. My mom didn't like it. It would eat the spider plants and things like that. But anyway, uh, she didn't like that. But, but, we, but here, it's not the lamb following. These 144,000 are following the lamb, following Jesus Christ. That was their reward for going through the tribulation, for staying pure. They get to follow him in heaven. They get front row. It must be front row. They get front row. They're celebrities now in heaven. That's what they have. Uh, true celebrity, not the false celebrity. Then it says they also purchased they were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ was the third thing. The fourth thing is they were offered as first fruits. First fruits. And this is a fulfillment of Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23, specifically verse 9, starting with verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, talking about the first fruits, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you and you reap its harvest, Bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. He is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. On the day you wave the sheaf, you must sacrifice as a burnt offering to the Lord a lamb a year old without defect, together with its grain offerings of two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made to the Lord by fire, a pleasing aroma, and its drink offering of a quarter of a hen of wine. You must not eat any of the bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you bring this offering to your God. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come whenever you live. The, the offering of the first fruits. And we see this fulfilled here, uh, par partly fulfilled here, in heaven, with the, the first, the 144,000 that are offered to Jesus Christ, the, the faithful ones, the pure ones, the sacrifice to Him. A special gift, sorry, I'm really thirsty today. A special gift set apart for God. The, hundred, the first 144,000 we saw in chapter 7 were the super evangelists, remember? They're still operating. Uh, they're the super evangelists responsible for a great harvest of souls but this 144,000 most likely martyrs they're in heaven they will see another harvest that's going to follow these guys not not evangelistically not people becoming to Christ but the harvest that follows these 144,000 being offered as first fruits is judgment judgment these these martyrs are setting that off. Wait till we see what follows here. It's going to get hot and crazy and oh, it's going to be bad. The, you know, the ongoing next few chapters of Revelation, this is setting off a harvest of judgment. The fifth thing we see is that they are blameless. There were no lies. They didn't buy the Antichrist lie and, and take the 666. No, they kept the seal of God on their forehead. They didn't fall for the Antichrist deception. They weren't conformed to the world. They stood up to the world's lies, which we're all called to do and very few are doing it in the USA today how these are the these are the 144,000 the first fruits how can we be encouraged by these guys whoever they are completely when we fully understand who they are how can we be encouraged first of all we can be encouraged to stay pure they stayed pure stay pure we are all on a mission from God all on a mission from God we all have a special calling from God now whether it's now whether we are ending the time of the revelation we are all on that mission are we staying close to God is anything in our life defiling us 
especially sexual purity. They bring out the sexual purity. Yeah, are we staying sexually pure in an X-rated society? Really, really tough to do, right? But that is our calling and, and command. The second encouragement is an encouragement in our life's tribulations. These guys came out of the tribulation, but, but we are all in some kind of tribulation, small t tribulation. We, we, uh, encouragement in our tribulation is this, that we are sealed too, just like they were sealed. We are sealed also too. Nothing can touch us without God's permission. Job 1, 8, 9, when Satan said, Does Job for God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? They, Job was sealed. These 144,000 were sealed. We are sealed. Nothing can touch us without God's permission. So that we know that if we're going through tribulations in life, God has a purpose, a refining purpose, a witnessing purpose. He wants to use us in some way. So we have that encouragement. The second encouragement we get from this is that we know, just like these 144,000, that we we will be with God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ someday. We will be there soon. <laughs> Could be very, very soon the way things are going. And when we get there, we're going to be there forever. And it's all going to be worth it. All the, 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 the little sliver of our life, well, even when we live to 100 years, that's a little sliver compared to eternity. It's going to be worth it. In Romans 8.18, it says, But I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that we're going to have. They're nothing. You can't compare them like a speck of dust compared to you know a speck of dirt compared to the the, the beach <laughs> it's it's um, you know don't keep focused on where we're going and what we're going to get and also another encouragement is just like they sing a new song unto the lord we need to be singing that song remember how god delivered us in the past remember those old songs of our life how he delivered us and and that will inspire the hope that there will be a new song to sing for whatever we're going through now just like we have these old songs of praises that remembering how god brought us through so much that whatever you're going through now someday you'll have a new song to sing about how god brought you through that how you brought through through that just like when they came the the israelites came through the red sea um the, the uh, uh Oh, I can't remember that song now. Uh, <laughs> Exodus 14.1, when they sang, um, the, the, I'm going to look it up. I can't leave it. I can't leave it have, hanging. I can't leave it hanging. It's a great song. It's another one I just have a month ago. But I just thought of it. So I, it wasn't like I knew it and forgot it. I just am thinking about it now. So I'm not that old yet. All right, Exodus 14.1, where it says, almost there, almost there. Oh, no, 15.1. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he's sown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he's sown into the sea. The Lord is God, and I will praise him. My Father is God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is God, and I will praise him. My Father is God, and I will exalt him. And you can keep repeating that one too. Uh, we used to do these all in youth group and church and different times. But that's another great one that they're remembering. They just got through the Red Sea. And they're remembering how God delivered them. That song. We will all have these songs in our life. Think of what God has delivered you from. I think of what He's delivered me from. Only I know 
Only I can sing that song. <laughs> Only I know. We all have that, don't we? Have you been delivered? Have you been forgiven? Have you been given a brand new life, eternity with God someday? Have you been sealed by the Holy Spirit? Do you have that, the mark of God, the mark of Jesus Christ on your forehead? By putting your, have you received that by putting your faith in Jesus Christ? You can do that now. I encourage you to do that now. Do it yesterday. Do it now. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Do you have the seal of God on your forehead? Do you have the mark of Jesus Christ? Do you have the Holy Spirit in your heart? There's only one way to get that Holy Spirit and the seal of God on your forehead, and that is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. That is your only protection here on earth and for all of eternity. Heaven or hell. It's the, the, Jesus Christ is the only protection. It's the only way. Is by putting your faith in Jesus. And you can do that right now, wherever you are, wherever you are hearing this, watching this. Doesn't matter. You don't need a religious person to help you. You don't need a religious ritual to help you. You don't need anything. You don't have to earn this. You can only receive this by faith. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I repent of my sin. I repent of any garbage in my life, any rebellion in my life, anything in my life that goes against your word. I repent of it. I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. His death on the cross in my place. His blood that washed me pure. I'm putting my faith in Jesus and in his blood. In the cross of Jesus, I put my faith, my trust, my hope. I give my life to Jesus. I ask you to give me a brand new life. Just like he received a brand new life, I ask for a brand new life in Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, <laughs> woo, you just were sealed by the Holy Spirit. You just received a mark on your forehead that you now belong to God the Father. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Inside of you. Transforming you into a, a brand new creation in Jesus Christ. Your life will never be the same. Here on earth and for all of eternity, it will never be the same. And if you have prayed that prayer of faith, I want to encourage you to tell another believer, whether it's a family member or a friend or somebody at work or... Email me, nhcc, nhcc at comcast.net. I'll, I'll be excited for you and get you connected so you can grow spiritually. Very important that you grow spiritually in God's Word. Bible study, church, personal study, I'll help you do that. For those of us who have already put our faith in Jesus Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? How have we 
defiled ourselves in some way? Can we get back on our knees and come back to the cross and say, God, help me get get back in the battle. Back in the battle. I reconsecrate myself. Whatever is defiling me, I repent of it and I turn away from it and I run away from it. Whatever it is. Whatever I need to cut out of my life. Whoever I need to talk to for accountability, a friend or a pastor or somebody, a counselor, whoever I need to talk to to, to keep accountability and keep victory, I'll do it. Father, I pray that we would all be found pure. We would all be found worthy of following your son Jesus here on this earth and in heaven someday. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. That was our encouragement because it's preparing us for what's coming next. Don't miss the next one. Okay, God bless.